0: Hello and welcome to Grace Church Vienna! On this Sunday, where we celebrate Pentecost, Hans-Georg Hoprich will focus on this event and the beginnings of the Church. After giving some background information about Jesus' promises and the unity of believers, we will learn more about the evidences of the Holy Spirit's coming. How was the presence of the Spirit noticed and what were the reactions? finally, the challenge is on us what importance the Holy Spirit plays in our lives and how it should be evident that we are filled with the Spirit. So now, this is Hans Georg. Happy Birthday! Well, certainly, it's a very special day. It's the birthday of the Church and uh, I think we can celebrate that wholeheartedly. If there wouldn't be a a church, we would not be here. We would be somewhere, you know, our heads spinning around with some kind of spiritual idea and uh, be threatened by all the kind of spirits that are around. But it's because Jesus came and he brought people together. And I'm excited, you know, to be in that, excuse me, that um, expression, in that business to bring people in uh, to worship the Lord Jesus uh, from many tribes and many people from people from all nations to worship the Lord Jesus. What an excited time we are in. What an excited uh, work uh, God encourages us uh, to do. And uh, thank you so much for attending uh, this church service wherever you are. You're most welcome to join us every Sunday here from Christchurch with different speakers with different topics i think uh, uh, we are a little bit out of uh, the topic uh, because usually in these uh, last couple of weeks uh, the gospel of john was on and um, today because of the exceptional the special day of witch sunday of i think the british call it witch sunday so i don't know uh, to which uh, background you belong to with Sunday or Pentecost, it doesn't really matter. The main thing is we're celebrating birthday. I don't know whether somebody has brought even a birthday cake today, uh, because uh, we can celebrate this very special day. Now, um, it was a couple of weeks ago that uh, one of our uh, grandsons came in into the door, and he, you know, when he comes. He wants to sleep overnight and we have a kind of good discussions and talk. So he was hardly in when he asked the following question. "Grandad, can you tell me when Jesus comes back? Well, let's sit down. First of all, you know, we shared a meal and, uh, you know, you, I, I mean, it, it, I was so overwhelmed uh, with that kind of of question that uh, i said to him you know wait a minute wait a minute we've got to, <laughs> we have got to sit down and and share together and uh, well there is uh, one thing there are many kind of strange stories where people pin try to pin down when jesus is going to come back and they try to put a date um a year uh, and so on but they all failed All of them. But there is one date. When Jesus comes back for sure. I'm not a. You know a kind of strange prophet. Don't expect me. You know when Jesus comes back. When the gospel. Is preached. As the testimony. To. Every tribe and people. This is when. Jesus. Is going to come back. Matthew 24:14, I think it says, you know, this gospel has to be preached. And one of the things that really started this gospel preaching was um, Pentecost. Was the day we celebrate and of course there are all sorts of strange stories that we hear even now in this time of um, Corona, we hear all kinds of strange stories uh, about it and stories of the supernatural um, bring out the skeptic in all of us. If it cannot be scrutinized, analyzed, categorized, we do not believe it. Maybe we have seen and read too many tabloids telling stories nobody would ever want to believe anyway. Or perhaps we have heard too many fake news that and all the, the stories involved with fake news. Many of these kinds of claims make it difficult to believe that supernatural events actually really occur. Today on Witch Sunday 2021 we want to focus on one such event. It is certainly not about a UFO sighting, you know, we look outside and uh, and a UFO will uh, turn down but The situation is very similar. God the Holy Spirit invited the hearts of men and women in an amazing, unrepeatable way. But if we can't explain it or our skepticism, our protest, Loud or quietly. Now, how do we know it really happened? In the account of Acts chapter 2 of what occurred at Pentecost, gives us convincing evidence that something unearthly did really happen then. But this passage gives us much more. It Confirms our own supernatural relationship with God. Who gives his spirit to all who believe in the one Lord Jesus. Let's look at um, some uh, background information about that day of Pentecost. God gives of the Holy Spirit was the fulfillment of several promises Jesus made prior to the day of Pentecost. And the promises of Jesus, that's the first point, even on the eve of crucifixion, he was pointing out to it. Jesus reassured the disciples, that they would get another helper. They would need it desperately, this other helper. And this other helper would come. In John 14, 16 to 17, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be... With you forever. That is the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. Because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you. And will be in you. At that time the disciples of the Lord Jesus. Had only so- seen the power of the Holy Spirit X. Ex- Internally. But soon they would experience it internally. As Jesus told them, he will be with you. He will be in you. During the 40 days after Jesus' death and resurrection, he appeared to the disciples several times. And there is a great account in 1 Corinthians 15 that he occurred to More than 500 people in person they could actually see. What an exciting time they lived in. At the end of that period, just before his ascension, Jesus restated his promise, giving a few more details when he said, as Dr. Luke um, says... Dr. Luke, you know, the writer of Acts and the Gospel of Luke, uh, he was a a doctor. So he made every effort to be precise in what he was talking about, writing about. And he says in Acts 1, 5 um, and 8, For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You shall receive. Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witness. The disciples would be baptized with the Spirit. They would receive His internal power and would be Christ's witness to the world, to the ends of the world. Jesus told them what would happen, but he did not tell them how, nor did he tell them exactly when. So it came really as a great surprise. He taught them totally by surprise on a very significant, and David already explained that, it's a, it was a very significant day, the day only God can put things together. Man can't do that. It needed to be that day. The day of Pentecost. The second chapter of Acts opens with a verse, where it says, when the day of Pentecost came. Now, why is that day so important? And thank you, David, again, who you explained it a little bit. The day of Pentecost was so called because it was celebrated on the 50th. Pentecostos in Greek. Um, the 50th day after the presentation of the first harvest's sheaf of the barley harvest. In Leviticus 23, 15, we read, and the verses that follow, we read that this was the 50th day from the first Sunday after Passover. It was known among the, the Hebrew-speaking people as the Feast of Weeks. And in Exodus 34, and following verses, this day was known as the day of the first fruits, because it was The day when the first fruits of the wheat harvest were presented to God. Jews from every nation had come to Jerusalem to really celebrate this harvest of the first fruits. God chose that day to bring forth the church and invite worldwide spiritual harvest that the world has never seen before and may not seen ever, forever. You know, I know that uh, these things might, uh, people want to duplicate but you can't duplicate it. This happened, it was original. You cannot duplicate something that God does. This all This was all done in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, 20. And he says, Jesus was raised from the dead. The fruits of those who are asleep. And on top of this, it was the unity of the believers that was so firm. For this harvest to begin, the followers of the Lord Jesus needed a unity of the Spirit. According to Luke, we read in Acts 1.14, these believers were one-minded. One-minded in Acts 2.1, it says, we read, we were all together in one place. And the King James Version spells it out a little bit more precise when it uh, when the, it says they were all in one accord, in one place. They all played the same music, to maybe say that in, in today's term. You know, they, are, they were in one accord. It was great listening, getting together, being together. Days earlier, Jesus had prayed for all his followers to enjoy exactly such harmony. It's great to get together. My prayer, Jesus said in John 17, he says in John 17:20 20 to 21, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. He prays, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe. That you've sent me. This was Jesus' thought, and He surely made it happen. Now this prayer was being answered. Believers were coming together not in uniformity, as we are to, to this morning. This is not what the Bible says, no. But in unity, and that is a big difference. They all had cultural, all sorts of cultural background. Just as people sit here, you know, from the Philippines, from Africa, from Austria, from Germany. I don't know. We have a Brit here. Welcome, dear fellow brother. Um, we have listeners from different uh, nations um, and continents, you're all welcome. It's great to be together. They had varied cultural backgrounds, different kinds of training. Blue and white color people, you know, um they had all sorts of training, all sorts of temperaments. And we will, you know, if we, if you go into Acts, you will see these different temperaments that got together then. Yet, despite their difference, I don't want to overstate the difference, don't mind. But they were there. I mean, this is how God created us. After all, you know, he made us different. And if we look at our DNA of nearly 8 billion people in all over the world, that there is not a single one the same as the other. This is how God made creation. You can't just uh, do it again. We are all originals. This is how God has created us. Isn't that great? I'm excited about it. With that in mind, let's look at the evidences of the Holy Spirit coming. All the preparation had been made. Jesus had given this promise. The perfect day was at hand and God's people were enjoying an unparalleled sweetness of fellowship. I wish that we have a touch of this in our churches, wherever you meet. Getting together, the sweetness that you get excited. When do we meet again? Let's get together. It's great to be together in the name of our Lord Jesus. Jesus had given his promise. The perfect day was at hand and God's people were enjoying the sweetness of fellowship. It was then that... It happened first with an audible evidence. A noise came suddenly. We had a, a tremor, an earthquake recently. In uh, we felt in in Eisenstadt. We are living in the in the second floor. You could really see, you know, the the house was shaken, not too strong, because we experienced some earthquakes, as some of our fellow brothers from the Philippines may have experienced up to the point of 7.6 to the up to the Richter scale and that's frightening. you know if you have never been frightened, well that's the time where you get frightened whether you want to acknowledge this but you're frightened yet. And here suddenly as um, Luke describes it in Acts 2 two suddenly unlike, The arrival of a tornado, we've been in a tornado or hurricane, which often can be forecasted by the black clouds or whatever, or wind or whatever, this noise came like an earthquake. It wasn't expected. Like the earthquake, you know, I was sitting in front of my computer, getting ready for something, and suddenly the computer, you know, the screen just got shaky. And I thought, you know, what in the world? And, and I got a flashback from, from Papua New Guinea. And I was thinking, you know, what in the world is happening in Austria, in in Burgenland? So it was kind of a little bit strange for me to get that flashback. I wasn't kind of frightened because it wasn't that strong. But uh, anyway, you know, can, can you imagine how, you know, when these things happen unexpectedly, what what's in your mind? And Dr. Luke again had no other explanation as he writes. He was a doctor, you know, so he didn't want to explain, you know, anything and everything, but he said it came from heaven. It came from heaven. This was no earthly, man-made sound. Too often. Nowadays, people try to duplicate, but this was the original one, the pure one, the great one. Instead, it was, as we read in Acts two, um, chapter two, two suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Our word echo comes from the Greek word for noise used in this verse. This noise was an echoing sound as of a mighty wind borne wildly. It was not the wind, but it sounded like the rushing. You know, you, you can only explain it, you know. It was like... It's hard to explain, and that's what we do when we make explanation. We try to, you know, bring people's mind back to what they have inexperienced, um, uh, maybe at some stage, so it was like. It wasn't like this, but, you know, you need to have a comparison to explain how it was, It was not the wind, but the sounded like the rushing of the wind, like a deep. Well, you go to the airport and you hear the deafening roar of a Boeing seven four seven fly at take off. The noise must have been have shaken the house down to its foundation. But that was. Not all. They not only heard, you know, as listening with their ears. At the same time, beside the audible evidence, there was a visible evidence. Acts 2, three says they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. To their amazement, fire-like manifestations, resembling tongues settled on each person. Soon their own tongues would seem to be on fire as the Holy Spirit empowered them to proclaim the gospel in a supernatural way. You know, I'm using kind of an exciting language because this it was so exciting. The original was so exciting. Beside audible, visible uh, evidence, there was the manifestation of oral evidence. Wow. I imagined me this morning to speak some Tagalog. What would you say if hands would suddenly start to speak Tagalog better than you ever Spoke. What would you say? Wow. Wow, Yeah. Wow. Or you know some of our Nigerian brothers. They may listen. Hausa. You know I suddenly start to speak in Hausa. And you say hey. His Hausa is better than mine. I'm the original and yet his Hausa is better than mine. Or as a guy coming from. Bungland or from Swabia in uh, Germany, you know, he speaks kind of uh, a good Viennese, you know, <laughs> kind of slang, you know. I once uh, experienced some um, kids that were adopted by some of our colleagues from South America. And uh, we were talking to them because they were very good friends of ours. And, uh, and then suddenly I heard in the back of myself of me, you know, I heard some very kind of strong Swabian slang. So it took me by surprise to look back and I saw some brown skin kids with that kind of very strong Swabian. Sound of slang. And, you know, I kind of turned my, spinned my head around and I thought, you know, what is happening? Is that a second Pentecost year? Oral, evident, unmistakably, the Holy Spirit was in the noise and the fire, both external manifestations. But when the flame rested on each person, all of them, Acts 2, 4 says, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Imagine their surprise when they began conversing in another language. <laughs> I mean, It must have been exciting, excited. They spoke in a different tongue or language than they had previously known. The Greek word for other is... Heteros, which denotes, um, a qualitative difference and involves the idea of a difference in kind. This was audible. You know, they could hear ta- like Tagalog with perf, kind of perfect. You can't speak it more perfect than You can hear it, or Hausa, or whatever language. It was too perfect. And they knew, you know, these people, they've never learned it. And yet they speak it. Acts 8 reads, Then how is it that each of us, you know, they must have been so surprised. Then how is it? It that each of us hears them in our native language. Wow! Not only could they speak in languages previously unknown to them, but they also used the proper dialects. In this way, the newborn church made its first infant cry. This is what happened. Born. I don't know. There are mothers and fathers who've seen their first or second or third child being born and making the first cry. Wow. Infant cry, joyously proclaiming the gospel of Christ in words the whole world could understand. Wow. They could understand. You know, this is Pentecost all about. We use words peop- that people can understand. They listened excitingly to what you have to say in words that you communicate. And God touches people's heart by what you communicate. Sure enough. There were some reactions, as you can imagine. Imagine that happening today here. I mean, you get reporters from all the newspapers that are present in Vienna. They all come in and say, you know, what's happening here in Grace Church? We've never seen this, seen it. They will come. Reactions to the Holy Spirit's coming. The Spirit's rumbling in the upper room spilled out. In the, into the streets below, thousands crowded among, around, coming to find out what had made such a tremendous noise. Then the 120 followers of the Lord Jesus emerged, speaking more than you would hear in the Olympics soon. You know, when people from all nations get together and you hear all sorts of languages. I mean, in the, at the Olympics, most of the nations are present, so you hear quite a few languages, not all I think at present, there may be about seven and a half thousand different kinds of of languages that need a, a Bible translation and even more. Uh, you may hear maybe um, two hundred or so different kinds of languages and always the major dialects or a language. but here, you know they did it. Perfect, as only God can do it. Dr. Luke describes the people's response to this phenomenon. First of all, and I think we appreciate um, that happening with us as well, because then there was confusion, and the confusion was perfect. Acts 2 5 and 6 says now there was. They were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment (laughs) because each one heard their own language being spoken. The Pentecost celebration had drawn Jews from every country and culture. Never before had they the language is spoken so well, heard their language is spoken so well outside their own country. So their first response, sure enough, and it's natural, you know, I've, as I said, if I speak, start to speak Tagalog, I've never heard. I mean, I know of the language and the long words that Tagalog uh, uses, you know, set of words and Hausa, of course, and many, many, many other languages it was good for Margaret and myself that we just had to learn pitching, which is um, um, close to English. They have only two thousand words, so you need to use lots of pictures in order to pin down in, in what you want to say. So it was kind of quite easy, not easy because then you have to remember you know the lots of different kinds of pictures and so on so it was but it was kind of easy, probably easier. Um, then learning um, to use the same language again, Tagalog or Hausa uh, uh, or whatever. twi um, and all these languages in Ghana, you know, and, and, and so on. Confusion, totally confused. And then the confusion turned in amazement. When they realized that those speaking their languages were Galileans. Acts two seven says and they were amazed and marvelled, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? <laughs> you know? It's amazing. They, literally they kept on being amazed. As they listened, their mouth really dropped open and they shook their heads. They couldn't believe what they heard, saw, uh, and, and listened to, to say the least. This was incredible. Uneducated. Uneducated. They were not, well, Luke was a doctor, but many of them, they were totally uneducated. They didn't go to the university of the time. Uneducated, backwoods Galileans, who usually roughed up their own language, who maybe, you know, uh, East End London, you know. If you listen to East End London, I, it's very hard to understand, at least for me, maybe not to our brother, but for me to East, East End London, it's kind of, very hard or to a very, you know, rough of uh, um, Viennese guy. You know, speaks a certain language. There is, um, you know, uh, there is a, um, a translation into uh, from the Bible: Jesus und seine Haber. You know, if you read that translation of the Bible, you may not agree with the translation. I am well aware of it. You can object against it, but read it. Find out whether you understand it. I mean, Viennese should really understand. But I doubt whether you understand every word. As a Viennese, I don't know. I mean, you, maybe Theo may understand. But for me, you're, I've got that translation back home. It's very hard for me and I'm starting to sweat You know, only thinking about that kind of translation. Amazement. And then the next is curiosity. This curiosity uh, overtook their amazement, and they began searching for meaning behind this miracle. In Acts 2, we read in verses 8 to 12, Then how it is that each of us hears them in our native language, Parthians, Medes. Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, greetings and Arabs. We hear them declaring. I don't think they knew what they were talking about and yet All of them, they knew, here is the Lord Jesus. They are declaring the greatness of their Lord in front of all their nation. They are telling what the Lord has done in their lives and who the Lord Jesus is. Wow, what an excitement. The people knew that the Galileans had been supernaturally changed. Not only because they heard them fluently speak foreign languages, but also they spoke it with such confidence. They used to be frightened, mice, hiding and huddling together. Now they were lions, roaring out the mighty deeds of, of God. Now today some people seek, and I've already touched that a a little bit, um, and it can be misunderstood in what I'm saying. You can kill me afterwards. But I think there, some people, they try to duplicate Pentecost again. By the way, the word Pentecost is only used twice more in the New Testament, both times as passing calendar Reference in Paul saying in Acts 26, but Paul hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost or in, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 8, I shall remain in Ephesus until Pentecost. We can no more repeat Pentecost than we can reenact the crossing of the Red Sea or the feeding of the 5,000. Like our own natural birth, we can't repeat it, can we? This event marked the birth of the church and it can be duplicated. You know, people try hard to duplicate and they give it a fire. Some start to learn speaking in tongues, you know, getting their head up and down. And they try to learn something um, God only can give and it's strange, it's funny. In fact, as a result of that first Pentecost, the Holy Spirit indwells, and that's the biggest part of it. It dwells in every believer. At the moment of salvation, the moment of our own spiritual birth, the Apostle Paul asked a question in 1 Corinthians six, 6 nineteen Do you not know? Hey, Hey, What's up? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you who you have received from God? You are not your own in 1 Corinthians 12 13 he states for we are all baptized in one spirit so as to form one body whether Jews or Gentiles slave or free and we are All given the one spirit to drink. Each of us has the potential to be a lion heart witness for Christ. Because that's the sheer mark of the Holy Spirit. What drives you on to share the gospel? Do you see what happened on Pentecost? They listened in their languages who the Lord Jesus is. So, if the spirit grips you, that's exactly what comes out. You know, it's an internal change. You may hide, you may hide yourself previously, but when the spirit takes over in your life, you can't stop it. You can't, it's just not, you know, the, the spirit will use you in a mighty way. And of course, Um after confusion, amazement, curiosity, lastly a sharp denial time. Like today, you know, as a result of the spirit strength being demonstrated in Jerusalem that day, many and many understood the meaning in the gospel and believed, however, others they saw saw it happening they saw the sheer excitement the language is spoken the roaring everything they got aware of it and oftentimes we ask uh, ourselves Margaret is asking this question ever so often well they see it why can't they why do they deny the power of Christ They see it, you know, they experienced it, and yet, they deny it. It breaks my heart. It's heartbreaking. Others were mocking and saying, well had a good sweet wine (laughs) this is how you react you know sweet wine you know only a sweet as we say you know only by with us men because men are usually not as talkative as uh, women you know we men need a glass of red wine do you agree all men all brothers well i don't know um here they of course that's what they are saying they are full of sweet wine they're all drunk This was the best explanation to some of the people could offer of what they hearing and seeing. But how could drinking alcohol help one speak with perfect inflection of previously unlearned language? Obviously, these dissenters were just unwilling to recognize God's transforming power in the life of others. Even today, there are scoffers. Who may say this, this Christianity stuff, it is just a, a phase, you know, it's just there today, you know, forget about it, well, it will pass. It's just kind of a, a sweet wine you will get over when reality hits you. But when people are supernaturally transformed, it is transformed, it is the work of the sweet spirit, not the sweet wine. And let me tell you, it is real. It's not a funny story. It's not fake news. The reality of a changed life speaks volumes of books your changed life is that what you only what you say but what you live up to changed lives now talking and thinking about in finishing about the holy spirit's coming how about us today skeptics may wag their head but when god touches a soul A supernatural event takes place. Indeed, a miracle happens. As a result, we can count on two principles. Being true first. When God does a work, no one can duplicate or ignore the results. No one. Duplication is not the way. We want to see changed lives in our churches, in the church of God. This is exactly what happened, what opened up ways into the world, changed lives. Although we, although we may try to change another person's life, only God has the ability to truly transform. In fact, if we step in too much, we may even trip up his efforts. But when his power does win out. The results are moving and amazing. I've seen that in my own life. When my mother, after my conversion long ago, and I hope these things, uh, you know, don't stop, she asked me, do you have a love affair? Um, there's something strange with you. So I told mom, no, mom, I've become a... What? Do you belong to some kind of sect now? My mom asked back. Change of life. And secondly, when the Holy Spirit gives power, no one can deny or explain the change. Skeptics may claim such divine transformation can be explained naturally. But when the Spirit invades your heart... There is no rational um, for your change life. You are left with only one conclusion. Something supernatural has happened and your life will never, never be the same. So it's quite important. Not only to look back to that first day when you made a decision following Christ. But to see your life today. How is it today? What language do you speak to make the gospel understood outside? God delights. And let's bow before the Lord now. You know, some may close their eyes. My brothers and sisters, wherever you are and listening... This morning, God delights in touching our lives with with unexpected moments of warmth. Then he does it. When he does it, things happen miraculously. That is the only way to describe it. Whether you are a lonely drifter somewhere. Whether you are an overwhelmed single parent a travel-weary executive, a love-hungry teenager, God's Spirit can find anywhere, no matter how lost. And the question remains to you personally, wherever you are, and it's an earnest question. Has God... God's spirit found you. Has he found you? Has he found you? Maybe you're feeling lost. Or maybe you are fearful and hiding like the disciples in the upper room. In whatever situation or circumstances you may find yourself in, God loves you dearly. His love never fails. It's the sheer warmth of love of Christ that wants to come into your life and change it and you will be never the same. Never. The Lord Jesus is here. Will you follow Him? He is able to change your life forever. It is His divine power and lastly no one can deny or explain the changes that can happen in a life that belongs to the Lord Jesus this is why Pentecost has happened this is the inward and outward sign of the church today God delights in touching your life in a moment of time, even when you do not expect it. And when your life belongs to the Lord Jesus, that's an encouragement you can take with you today on Pentecost 2021. 20, when you, your life belongs to the Lord Jesus and when he has changed your life, it's only when he's changed you. That's a sign of change. Just be like the disciples after the Holy Spirit empowered them. Share it. I plead with you. Share it with another person. With others. Don't be quiet. Share it boldly. That is the sheer sign of the Holy Spirit. In you, living in you. Share with another person what God has done for you. Will you? What a challenge for us today on Pentecost 2021. May he empower you with his spirit. May people be called to follow him and speak out what the Lord has done. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are a miraculous working God. You've given us hope more than we can cope with. Hope beyond life into life eternal. We thank you that this gospel can be shared with every people, with every nation, with every language, with anybody from The time they are born until they die. It's never late. We thank you that your gospel brings salvation. And we plead with you, Lord Jesus, you are our Savior, that people may acknowledge you as their personal Savior, even today. Thank you for the fellowship we can enjoy with people from so many nations and we thank you that this is that something that brings us together even if we are divided in skin color language in our education or temperaments you bring us together to worship you for who you are the savior of the world coming back when the last person has heard The gospel. Thank you for being with us today and also tomorrow as we have the privilege in celebrating Pentecost. Celebrating with Sunday, with Monday and uh, we praise you Lord Jesus that this may happen in many other places that your gospel may be presented till the end of time, till the end of the world. We praise you and We worship you for your loving kindness, for your care, for your endurance. Lord Jesus, we are overwhelmed by your love. Thank you for being with us even today and in the days to come. For we praise you and we give you all the glory in the name of the powerful Lord Jesus. Amen.